Good morning. It's still morning. When Pastor Brent asked me if I would share a prophecy update at the end of the or beginning of this year, I thought, yeah, I can do that. But then I tried to start processing everything that's been going on this last year. And to be honest, it got a little overwhelming because it's been a crazy year. So much stuff going on. You can probably tell by the color of my hair that I've been around for a while and I've never seen, um, seen it get this crazy. And as I was preparing for this um, brief little update, the Lord just impressed upon my heart that the time for updates is past. It's past because they're no longer just updates. They're getting more like alerts or even warnings now. It's getting serious. And so the, reali the reality is that we're in a time of prophecy warnings. And the reality is also that uh, events connected to Bible prophecy are happening almost nonstop. And to be honest, it's just way too much for me to process it all. And I think a lot of people are just trying to shut it all off, stay in their bubble, hope to hear some good news soon. And, and I get it because it seems very overwhelming and it can be very concerning and very unsettling. In fact, I'd encourage everybody here um, to be very discerning about the sources of information you're gleaning from because there's a lot of misinformation going on out there. It would seem to me that 2021 would be a good time for believers to make sure that we are clothed with the whole armor of God. Because we have to withstand the wiles of the devil, his crazy strategies that are very effective. Church, remember, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of this darkness, the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The enemy has created a truth crisis, and the reality is the only the sword of truth is going to help us cut through what is and what isn't truth. The sword of truth will deliver us from something even more deadly than the COVID-19, the pandemic of deception. And it's all around us. I read, I'm going to read from an article by Michael Brown, and he said the following. If we are to be lovers of truth, we must follow that truth wherever it takes us, regardless of cost or consequence. And we must be open to correction, learning to listen, to investigate, to search out all sides of a matter, and to walk in humility towards those with whom we differ. And he goes on to say, in this new year, I encourage you to welcome challenges to your own points of view, to become a student of the truth, researching both sides of the debate, and to lean hard on the Lord asking him to guide you into all truth. And I think that's so true. Church, if you're only following what you see and hear on mainstream media, listening to and believing the global narrative, you're being conditioned for, what the, for the world to come. And, and that is a world that you're not going to want to have to be a part of. So let's pray. Father, we just come before you and we're so thankful that we are here, that we can share this message, Lord, that you've given us your truth, that we know from your scripture what's happening, what's going to be happening, how this is all going to end. We know that you're in control, and we know that we just need to put our hope and trust in you. So, Lord, as we go through just this really tiny, brief update, just touching on just a few things, I pray, Lord, that uh, you'll just open our hearts, our minds, and just give us discernment and know that, uh, Lord, you're coming soon. Amen. The leadership of this church, uh, we know how important it is for followers of Jesus Christ to be aware of God's prophetic plan and to share with you just how quickly God's prophetic plan is converging. In Luke 21, verse 28, it says, speaking of the end times, now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift your heads because your redemption draws near. 
Isn't that awesome? What things is Jesus speaking of? He says earlier in the verse, or early in the chapter, he says, And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And again, now when you see these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. I think God's shaking things up for us. I think we've been relying on a lot of things in this world um, that we shouldn't be, rather than just trusting in him. Things like our health and our freedoms and our jobs and our governments and our family. Church, Jesus is coming soon, and it's him that we need to place our trust in. Amen? Amen. I've never forgotten the time when I heard a prophecy teacher say this in reference to the woman in labor pains, talking about the um, end times. He said, at some point, the baby has to be born. And church, it would seem that day is getting very close, closer than any of us probably realize. Now, before I hit you with the truth about what the Bible says is going to happen, I'm going to start with this. Church, this is how, in my flesh, I would like to see 2021 start out. Ready? <laughs> Here it goes. Locally in our home province, Dr. Bonnie Henry decides that church gatherings are safe and essential, and she lets us meet anytime we want, with as many people as we want. In fact, she starts coming to church. That would be awesome. And then there's a revival in the true church, unlike anything the world has ever seen. An explosive revival that starts in the U.S. and grows like a California wildfire. It then takes over North America and spreads to the rest of the world. It's like a reverse revival pandemic. It even takes over the heads of state as we watch President Trump drop to his knees. He repents and asks Jesus to forgive him of his sins while the entire world watches. And then it happens. One after another, world leaders begin repenting and asking Jesus to come into their lives, to the point where even the leaders of the Democratic Party admit their blatant election fraud and unrestrained corruption and concede the election to the Republicans. Even the mainstream media admits to their collusion with the global elites. God intervenes and stops the virus in its tracks. No more COVID, no more masks, no more isolation and social distancing, and no more vaccines. No more death by COVID, no more lies and deception, just more and more Jesus. Amen? Well, as amazing and wonderful as all that sounds, the reality is that God's word doesn't seem to paint that picture. Be nice, but that's not what's going to happen. God has a very different prophetic plan, and it's unfolding faster than most of us can keep up. And I want you to understand something. Prophecy updates can help give you some understanding of what's going to be happening in the world based on basically scripture. Uh, but nowadays things are happening so fast that it's easy to miss some pretty obvious future events. I missed one last year as an example. I wasn't aware of Event 201. I don't know if anybody has actually sat through and, and watched that. It was a high-level pandemic exercise that happened October 18th, 2019, just prior to this COVID rolling out. This was an event in which the John Hopkins Center for Health Security, the World Economic Forum, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, they put together and played out a large-scale uh, 
pandemic event. And in light of missing that little exercise, I, I never saw COVID-19, 2020, 2021, and beyond coming. I never imagined that we would see the likes of what we've experienced in 2020. I never imagined our world would look like this before the rapture. But here we are. Now, today, I'm not going to deal with the perceptions and realities of the COVID-19 virus. I will say that the virus is real, and it can be very dangerous and potentially deadly for a small percentage of the population, typically the oldest among us. Obviously, nursing homes have been hit hard, as well as those who are battling with comorbidities. I'm also not going to talk about the effectiveness of masks or social distancing or the pathetically mispurposed PCR testing for the safety of the or the safety of the vaccinations, except to say, please, please apply critical thinking to what is actually going on and seek news and information sources that haven't been corrupted by a scripted government narrative of fear. What I will also say is that COVID-19 has become a very useful, possibly planned crisis to begin conditioning us for the coming Agenda 2030 and the Great Reset. And as Klaus Schwab of the WEF would add, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, <clears throat> which gets into some really strange things. But even more concerning is that this is all leading up to the worst time in all of history, the seven-year tribulation period predicted by God's word. In 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 7, it says, For the mystery of lawless, lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. We know him to be the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. That's the Antichrist. And the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Church, nobody alive today has to go through this soon coming tribulation period. Why? Because Jesus died on a cross, was buried and rose again to life after the third day to save those who repent of their sin and receive him as their Lord and Savior. The only people who will go through the tribulation period are those who are fooled by Satan's deceptions and refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. I think it's critical that before I start sharing what God's word says about our future, I need to share how amazing God's word is. I want to set the standard for why people need to start believing the truth of our future. And what is that standard? The Bible prophecy must be 100% accurate all the time. And that it has been proven over thousands of years to be just that. And the prophecies yet to be fulfilled will also be 100% accurate. And I'm hoping and I've been praying that there will be at least one person who will hear this message and have their eyes open to the truth. The truth that the Bible is not just some ancient book filled with stories and laws and rules. No, it's God's written word to us. The one who created the universe and everything in it and who created us in his own image and has given us everything we need to live righteous lives on this earth and for the eternity to come. 2 Timothy 3.16, this is from NLT. All scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, 
to correct us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. I bet if I tried to tell that to some university and college professors, they probably wouldn't agree. As true as that verse is, how can it be proved to someone who refuses to believe? After all, Jesus, the Son of God, walked among the people of his day performing miracles, healing the sick, and raising the dead to life, only to have his life taken through rejection. It killed him. But there is proof, lots of proof, that God, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote the scriptures and that every word written is true. Because of time, I'm only going to share one of hundreds of examples. The Bible predicted an incredible event that happened on the exact day that the Bible said it would. And it has to do with the first time Jesus walked the earth. The Bible predicted in the book of Daniel 9.25, written in the 6th century B.C., that from the time the command was given to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, 483 years or 173,880 days would pass before the Messiah's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. That's a pretty big prediction. Then in April 6, 32 AD, the Messiah came riding into Jerusalem on a donkey exactly 483 years or 173,880 days just as it was predicted in Daniel chapter 9. I want everybody to please understand and believe that what the Bible predicts will come to pass exactly as it says it will, and the Bible is full of yet unfulfilled prophecies. So let's take a look at some things that Jesus told us to watch for regarding his second coming. Jesus told his followers to watch the nation of Israel, but not long after he said that, Israel was destroyed and remained destroyed for almost 2,000 years. And so for almost 2,000 years, the followers of Jesus were perplexed because there was no nation of Israel to watch. But they knew there would be one someday because they believed what the scriptures said. And then in 1948, in a single day, just as the Bible predicted, Israel was reborn as a nation. Jesus also said that the generation that sees Israel growing will not pass away until everything is fulfilled. And I believe we're that generation. And there's more. The angel Gabriel in Daniel 9.26 told Daniel that the Antichrist will rise to power in a reunited Europe. And Europe has been reunited. Currently, it's known as the European Union. But as a point of interest, the founder and president of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, is promoting his Great Reset with a video. I don't know if anybody's seen that video. You can just go on the Great Reset. You can watch it. In the video, it says, um, one of the things it says is that... um, Soon, you will own nothing, and you'll be happy. Take a moment just to process that statement. And I'm going to talk about that later, but the point I want to make right now is that in this same video, it also says the following. The U.S. won't be the world's leading superpower. A handful of countries will dominate. And that's a pretty bold and shocking statement. Who are these countries going to be? Will they be EU countries? Well, time will tell. So if that's true, what happens to the U.S.? And it's very interesting because according to Scripture, the United States is never specifically mentioned in Bible prophecy. Well, how is that possible? When the U.S. is currently the most powerful nation on the planet and Israel's closest ally. And yet during the Gog-Magog invasion in Ezekiel 38, which is yet to be fulfilled, where Russia, Iran, Turkey, and others, which have already lined up for this to happen, will attack Israel in the latter days. And when they do, there's only a small number of nations that even protest. So what does this mean for the U.S.? 
Well, the Bible says in Daniel 7.24 that 10 kings will rise before the Antichrist appears. And now we hear that the WEF, the World Economic Forum, wants to replace the U.S. with a handful of nations, perhaps as soon as this year. But how could this happen so quickly? There's overwhelming evidence that the U.S. election, wait for it, was a fraud and stolen by the Democrats. Here's one basic and understandable fact relating to the election. There are 133 million registered voters in the United States. Trump legitimately won 74 million of those votes. O'Biden, that's what I call him, you can call him whatever you want. O'Biden is said to have won 83 million of those votes. Now, I am not great at math, but if every single person eligible to vote showed up, O'Biden could only have won 59 million votes. What happened? There was a lot of people involved in this election fraud, and yet this treason committed on the U.S. is being kept silent for the most part. You don't hear much about it. Do you remember the Antifa and Black Lives Matter protests that happened in 2020 for months, where major cities were taken over and violence and destruction was all over the news? Have you heard much of it lately, since before the election? Or since the election, you've really heard nothing. It's interesting. What I want you to be aware of is that things in the U.S. could get even more interesting very quickly, as if they haven't been interesting enough already. I want you guys to be watching and praying about what's going to happen on January the 6th. That's in three days. That's when the U.S. Congress meets in a joint session to count, formally, the votes of the Electoral College. And when the outcome is known, whatever that outcome is, realize what a pivotal moment in U.S. history that's going to be. This has the potential to be explosive, or it has the potential to just happen, go away. It's weird. Um, I don't know who's going to win. Will it be Trump? Will it be O'Biden? Will there be civil unrest? Will Trump go quietly, let O'Biden hand over the U.S. to China? I don't know. I don't have the answers, but God does. In fact, apart from what God's word tells us will happen, we can only speculate. And in doing so, risk being way off the target of how God is working out all these things. I can remember in my own life, so many times when I was in a bit of a crisis, I was thinking of all the different ways the Lord could get me out of it. And I'd share those with him. I'd tell him, Lord, these are all the ways. He's never once used one of mine. He always uses his own, and it's always way better than the ones I had come up with. So just trust him. So we've got to remember that the World Economic Forum wants to make their Great Reset happen very soon. And one way or the other, whether this happens this year or five years from now or whenever it is, they're intent on replacing the U.S. as a leading superpower with a handful of nations, and that means Trump has to go. So let's continue to look at Bible prophecy and see how things are lining up in the world. In the book of Daniel, chapter 7, the angel Gabriel once again tells Daniel that the tribulation period will begin when the Antichrist confirms a covenant with many. This happens shortly after the church is raptured. Now, if you've been reading the news these past few months, you'll be aware of what's been happening in the Middle East. For years now, Israel has only had full diplomatic relations with two countries, Egypt since 1979 and Jordan since 1994. But as of 2020, President Trump and his administration have facilitated the signing of peace agreements, establishing diplomatic relations between Israel and four Arab League countries, Bahrain, the United Arab Emirates, Sudan, Morocco, as well as Kosovo and Serbia 
have signed these agreements, and there's more coming, apparently. Do any of the recent peace agreements qualify as the Daniel 9.27 treaty? Some people say yes and point out that the Daniel 9.27 treaty is a covenant made with many, and that's what we're seeing here, covenant being made with many. But that's where the similarities begin, and that's where they end. These peace agreements are not the treaty described in Daniel 9.27, at least not yet. The treaty outlined in Daniel 9.27 is set for a specific period of time. How many years? Seven years. The reality is that none of the recent peace deals with Israel mention a period of seven years. It's also important to remember that the man behind the treaty of Daniel 9.27 is a very specific individual, and we know him as the Antichrist. Donald Trump and his administration is is the driving diplomatic force behind these peace agreements, and he is not the Antichrist. Despite what many of his political opponents may think or say, he just does not check all the boxes. So the Abrahamic Accords could very well be the beginning of a covenant that will be confirmed by the Antichrist and begin the tribulation period. If so, how close are we? And I don't even know if they are. I'm just, again, we're speculating. The Bible also predicts a world government during the tribulation period, and we're seeing that unfolding before our very eyes. The world's elite leaders today are not trying to hide their intentions any longer. They are proudly announcing it to the world through Agenda 2030 and the Great Reset. It's a global agenda that says it promotes, this sounds very nice actually, it promotes a universal peace, protecting the planet from degradation and taking urgent action on climate change, as well as eradication of poverty and to achieve gender equality and empowerment of all women and girls. This all sounds nice, but here's what's really going on. On January 1st, 2016, it was reported that the UN document for creating a world economic system, world government, and a world religion by 2030 is now in effect. And everyone should expect all the nations to make a strong push to bring it to pass. The Great Reset goals are as follows. First one up, wealth redistribution. Remember that message in the video? You'll own nothing and be happy? How about the population control and reduction? Government control of all production. A reduction in the consumption of goods. The use of fewer and smaller vehicles. The use of less heating and cooling at home and at work. The construction and location of smaller houses and apartments. Land confiscation. Remember, you'll own nothing and you're going to be happy. Land use restrictions and many, many more things. The Great Reset's master plan goals will lead to the loss of freedoms. And when you think about 2020, you begin to understand how that could maybe happen. Since COVID-19, what are we having to wear? Masks. Social distancing, no religious gatherings, no concerts, no sports and arenas, no visiting outside your bubble. And coming soon, no access to restricted areas without proof of a vaccine immunity. And those are just to name a few things that we're experiencing. <clears throat> How about new building codes, new zoning laws to control the size and location of buildings and communities, artificial shortages to control consumption, new taxes to redistribute wealth, new monitoring systems to reduce the use of energy, new surveillance systems to monitor compliance, and the sinister threats of penalties and incarceration to force compliance. The Great Reset, next meeting coming this May 2021. So church, this is a plan that the UN and the World Economic Forum want to accomplish in the next nine years. That's their goal, 2030. But it looks like they're speeding things up by taking advantage of this pandemic. 
The globalists have done a remarkable job of utilizing and managing this virus to begin implementing and speeding up many aspects of their agenda. It's been said by some to never let a crisis go to waste. And I must say the elites are more than impressed with themselves how easily they were able to manipulate such an incredible amount of compliance from even the most developed and sovereign of countries. It's interesting, in 1962, Aldous Huxley said the following. He used to hang out with the guy that wrote the, um, 80, what is it, 1984? George Orwell. He said, there will be in the next generation or so a pharmacological method which means the therapeutic use of drugs, of making people love their servitude. Servitude just meaning their slavery and lack of ownership. And producing dictatorship without tears, so to speak, producing a kind of painless concentration camp for entire societies, so that people will in fact have their liberties taken away from them, but will rather enjoy it, because they will be distracted from any desire to rebel by propaganda or brainwashing. And that brainwashing can be enhanced by pharmacological methods, and this seems to be the final revolution. Church, if God allows his timeline, then we're going to see every government becoming more aggressive and assertive, and apply these propaganda and brainwashing tactics that Aldous Huxley talks about. And perhaps we'll see the majority of people who will have more and more of their liberties taken away, but they'll enjoy it because they'll be distracted from any desire to rebel. It's hard to process but you're kind of seeing it happen. Church, every government is soon going to force a very different and sadly very evil lifestyle on the world. The reality is that the Bible teaches a world government that will be anti-God and a world government that will reject the scriptures. We've seen that happen in the Democratic Party in the U.S. Just a few years ago, who could have imagined that one of the two major political parties in the United States would eliminate all references to God from their party platform, place restrictions on church attendance, and call for the removal of those that have Judeo-Christian values from their government. Church, there's, there's just been a relentless effort the last number of years to bring down the heads of two nations, Israel and the United States. These are nations that were founded on the scriptures, and both their current leaders hold strongly to the sovereignty of the nations they lead. And those that are forcing their agendas, both 2030 and the Great Reset, must remove these men from power in order to continue down their path of destroying capitalism. President Trump is currently fighting against the satanic corruption that occurred in the U.S. election, and now Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is facing his fourth election in two years. Church, this is just a satanic at its core, and it's all leading up to the soon return of Christ for his bride and the beginning of the worst time in all of history. Now, the coronavirus has also led to something else, an acceleration in the push for a digital currency, also known as cryptocurrency. I'm not going to get into all of what that's all about, but I'll just give you this brief uh, written by Brit He had this to say. What this means is that the end of paper currency and its replacement with government-sponsored cryptocurrency will put unlimited power at the fingertips of government leaders, and that should cause you some very real concern. So watch for that over the next few years. Uh, in fact, Venezuela just announced they're going all digital. That just came out this morning. Long ago, the book of Revelation foretold the establishment of an end times economic system eerily similar to a world dominated by government-sponsored cryptocurrency. The Bible says the time will come when a global dictator will require everyone on earth to receive a mark on their right hand 
or the forehead. Without this mark, the people of the world will be unable to buy or sell anything. How will this work? It remains to be seen, but the worldwide rush to create a government-sponsored cryptocurrencies provides us with just a glimpse as to how such a system could work. And right now, the world's central banks are devising plans to roll the system out. Now, where else are we seeing a coming global government overreach on our freedoms? Vaccines. Said I wasn't going to talk about vaccines, but here we go. Should you get vaccinated? Well, that's not my place to say, and I can't, and I won't advise you what to do. A major question a lot of people have in their mind is, is the vaccine safe? Well, all I can do is tell you to do your own research. Look into the effectiveness of the vaccine, which right now is kind of hard to do. Research the length of time required to know what the long-term effects of this vaccine can be. Also, very hard to know at this time. Look at what's in the vaccine. Well, I'm not sure you're ever going to find that out. Research how this COVID vaccine works once it's in your DNA. Don't know. Now research this one because it's very interesting. Electrosensitive hydrogels. Just Google it and have fun. Elon Musk was recently interviewed and said the following regarding synthetic messenger RNA, which is kind of what they're using, this technology for the vaccine. He says, basically, you can do anything. It's like a computer program. Without a lot of effort, you could stop aging or even reverse aging, which I, that might be kind of nice for me, um, but I don't think I'd do it. Uh, and then he says this, with the right DNA sequence, you could turn a human into a butterfly. I have no idea what that means. That's Elon Musk, and he's, he thinks in a different level than I do, but it's just curious, and I, we need to do some research and find out what's going on. Now, the question a lot of people's minds is, will you have to get the vaccine? Will it be mandatory? Well, they're telling us no. It's not going to be mandatory, at least not right now, but you might miss out on some activities. For instance, Health Minister Christine Elliott of Ontario announced that the province is planning to implement a caste system that legally determines which activities you're allowed to participate in based on your vaccination status. These are her words. I'm just reading them. They're working on creating a vaccination passport, which you would carry with you to allow you to do things that non-vaccinated people will be prohibited from doing. Things like travel, perhaps for work purposes, for going to theaters or cinemas, or any other places where people will be in closer physical contact. And that's once we get through the worst of the pandemic. She finished her statement by saying the immunity passport will be essential for people to have. So should you get vaccinated? Well, I'm thinking it's going to depend on what quality of life you can tolerate without it. And it's going to be hard. A few final thoughts on COVID-19 vaccines. Why only the vaccine when there are drugs available that can prevent you from getting COVID-19 and can successfully treat it? Do you ever wonder about that? That's been shut down and gone silent. Did you, any of you hear that on December 20th, just as the U.S. was relaxing its absurd and lethal suppression of the cheap, but extremely effective drug hydroxychloroquine. The pharmaceutical factory in Taiwan, which is the second largest producer of HCQ raw materials for producing hydroxychloroquine, was somehow mysteriously wiped out by a massive fire and explosion. So I'll let you think that one through. So should you get vaccinated? Well, let me know after you've done all your research, because I'm going to hang out as long as I possibly can. Now, back to the Bible and technology. In Revelation chapter 11, we read about two witnesses of the tribulation period. 
And listen to what it says. It says, when they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Now pay close attention, because it says in verse 9, Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days, and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. Church, this was written almost 2,000 years ago. Up until the middle of the last century, this was inconceivable. How could people from around the world see two men laying dead in the street and watch, celebrate, and give gifts to one another for three and a half days, watching real time? And as a matter of fact, a lot of us thought that this was possible now, but the reality is there hasn't been um, internet access speed fast enough in a lot, of part of, a lot of parts of the world. They get their information sometimes 10 days behind the rest of us. So up until recently, it wasn't really possible for everybody to see these two men laying, uh, laying dead in the street. Along comes Elon Musk. He's creating his own satellite internet service that when completed with up to 30,000 satellites, and it's not going to take him long to do that, will for the first time in history allow real-time internet to anywhere in the world, just as scripture predicted. Church, the Bible's awesome because it was written through inspiration of the Holy Spirit and everything it says is true. And what about Christian persecution? I'm going to end with this. Um, obviously, it's continuing throughout the world. There's a lot of Christian persecution still going on. Um, it's, in fact, it's getting more and more every year. It's actually coming to a city near you pretty quick. Um, I'm going to read you an excerpt from Asia Harvest titled China Update, The Battle for One Billion Lost Souls. This year, tens of thousands of house church pastors and evangelists have gone missing, especially in those provinces with large concentration of Christians. Most of those tens of thousands are still alive, but in preparation for the struggle ahead, they have gone into hiding. They have completely disconnected from all electronic technology, so the government can't track them. They even microwave their government ID cards which they need just to catch a flight, take a train, open a bank account, get a job, or rent a place to live. These guys have gone dark. The situation for believers in China has been extremely difficult because the government is gradually preparing for what seems like a final assault to try and rid Christianity from the country. Here's the trouble. The body of Christ has grown so much under communism that they'll, they're finding it impossible to completely eradicate God's people. So the government has come up with a new plan. They're going to corrupt the gospel in hopes of ultimately rendering it powerless. The government has openly announced plans to reinterpret the Bible and other religious texts so they will have socialist characteristics. A glimpse into what that might look like was seen recently when a government publisher altered the ending of the account of Jesus and the woman caught in adultery. Their blasphemous version now has Jesus concluding his talk by saying... I, too, am a sinner. Instead of go now and leave your life of sin. That's horrendous. Church, I don't know how bad it's going to get here in North America, but you might want to have a few of these laying around. Good ones, actually. Uh, because you don't, we don't know what's going to happen. So I'm out of time. Um, I'm going to leave you with this. 2020 accelerated prophetic events in a way I never saw coming. And based on what Jesus tells us in Revelation 22.7, which is, Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I don't believe prophetic events are going to slow down. In fact, 
we're still here a year from now, I think we're going to look back in 2020 and realize, as bad as this year was, things were only getting started. I hope I'm wrong, but I do know that whatever does happen, God is in control. Amen? And as strange as this might sound to the world, we as believers should be getting very excited because it would seem that Jesus is coming for his church very soon. Lean on him. Yeah. Lean on him in ways you never have, and he'll give you hope and encouragement to persevere. I, I mention this just because uh, I'm a very difficult person to wake up once I go to sleep. I only sleep about five or six hours a day or a night, but when I go to sleep, I'm out. Uh, but he woke me up one night and about a year ago, and he spoke these words of encouragement to me. He said, oh, my children, I want you to understand and believe the plan I have for you. What my word says, I will do. Be patient as I work out all things for your good and be encouraged by my love for you. And as wonderful as that is for me, uh, and I've gone back to those words many, many times, it's his written word that is going to give us our strength. In Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And oh, has he given us a future. We can't even imagine what he has created for us when we leave this planet, this crazy place called earth, and go to be with him for all eternity. Jesus said on this earth we would have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus is our hope. And for this year ahead, put your trust only in Jesus, our Savior and our Lord and our King. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And it's going to be a good life. Amazing. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time that we've had. Just to take a glimpse into what has been happening in the world and, and what could be happening very soon. Lord, um, if we look at it from the world's perspective, it's scary. But if we realize who takes care of us, if we realize that you're the one who has us in your hand, you're taking care of everything. And Lord, we need not to fear. We need not to be overly concerned. Lord, we need just to trust you. And it's hard sometimes, Lord. It's hard when we actually go through difficult times. But your word says you're working all things out for our good. And we just have to believe that because everything the word tells us is true. And so that's true too. So Lord, I just pray that each person today will go uh, leave this church building or wherever they are online. And Lord, they will just go out and begin to proclaim the gospel. Just to share the truth and spare people from this eternity or this um, inevitable tribulation period that's coming. Lord, it's a terrible time. And so just give us boldness. Uh, give us grace and love as we go out and share the gospel. And know that it's going to get rejected at times. But that's okay. Because Lord, you're the one who takes care of those things. So, Lord, I just pray you bless everybody here and that um, whatever happens in the middle of this week in the U.S., let us just keep looking up. We just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And everybody said? Amen. Amen.